Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified. Well, I want to welcome you to our all-day service. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This morning, I want to share with you on something very important. My message is titled, Anointed and Appointed for Action. Did you hear what I said? Anointed. Say anointed. And appointed for action. Say it once again, anointed, anointed. And, appointed and appointed for action. Hallelujah. You know, Christianity, real authentic Christianity, is a display or a demonstration of the life of God that he has given to us. If you read in First Peter chapter 1, verse 9, you see what Christianity really is. And I want to show you. Christianity is not... Um, dressing in a certain type of way or having a certain type of hairstyle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For instance, some years ago, my brother here would not have been accepted in church because of his hairstyle. But that is not Christianity. Whether your hair is uh, whatever, James has his hair, he's braided his hair. My brother has also braided his hair. Re- authentic Christianity is not... Um, what's on the outside do you understand even though it influences what's on the outside it's primarily not what is on the outside christianity is not a change of character wow are you surprised you are surprised i'm also surprised <laughs> christianity is not uh, so someone gets born again it's like the person is supposed to have a, a change in character no it has an influence on character. Okay? But it, it is not a change in character. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christianity is not... Um, it's not what most people have taught. So, we have... Most Christians have ruled some people out. That this group of people are not part of us. And they cannot be part of us. You see, because... Um, we, we created, the church created rules and demarcations rather than accepting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus died for, let me show you those Jesus died for. Jesus did not die for Christians. Okay? Jesus did not die for Christians. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Look at Romans 5, 8. So it's important we understand some of these things. Okay, or else you would uh, you would blame, you would exclude rather than include. 
you would argue when you're not supposed to argue. You condemn when you're not supposed to condemn. What did Jesus do? Jesus was called the friend of sinners. Because that's why he came. Look at this. It's, but God commended his love towards us. Let's read BBA so that everybody can understand. But God has made clear his love to us. In that when we were still sinners, Christ gave his life for us. Have you seen it? When did Christ give his life for humanity? When humanity was sinners. When everybody was not correct. It wasn't because people were correct. That's why he came. People were not correct. That is why he came. Please, you understand? And he died for people who are not correct. So if you feel you are not correct, Jesus died for you. You are the reason why Jesus came. Are you surprised? Go to verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 6 now. Go to verse 6. It says, For when we are yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let's read the uh, BBE. For when we were still without strength, at the right time, Christ gave his life for evildoers. Wow. wow. Jesus gave his life for what? Evildoers. Evil so every evildoer out there was the reason why Jesus came. Now you have a crop of Christians who exclude themselves from evil. When they see evildoers, they start condemning them and start complaining about them and start saying things about, is it not true? The way you're looking at me is like, what I'm saying is not true. Is it true? Yeah, you have a lot of Christians. So on Sunday morning, a lot of Christians would take their Bible, dress nicely, and then just move to church quietly and sit down and enjoy the word and then go back. And then when they see the people out there, they're like, oh, you people, you are not correct. You are all going to hell. The people Jesus died for, you have decided that they are not supposed to be part. So you are having your own wonderful, nice coffee uh, and tea party in the church. For when we were still without strength, when we didn't know what to do with ourselves, when we were not correct, when nothing was working for us, when nobody loved us and nobody knew us, at the right time, Christ gave his life for us evildoers. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1. I want to read all the way to um, verse 6. Let's read it in the BB. I want to, I want everybody, Bible in basic English. BB means Bible in basic English. You get it? Uh -huh. King James sometimes sounds some way. Thou and thee and all of that. So you may not be able to understand exactly what they are saying. But then this one is basic English so that you can understand it. Okay? It says, and to you did he give life. When you were dead through your wrongdoing and sins. It says Jesus gave you life. Okay? For you to become a child of God. When you were dead through your wrongdoing and sins. He gave his life to wrongdoers and sinners. For them to become children of God. The substrate for children of God. Or the product. You see, this shirt that you are wearing. Is as a result of. It came from somewhere, isn't it? Please come. You're looking nice. This is Della. So, like I was saying, have you ever seen this shirt uh, on a tree before? How about in the sea? What of um, growing from the ground? 
Where did it come from? But did this come from the soil? Did this come from the earth? It did come from the earth. But was it like this when it was in the earth? How was it when it was in the earth? Oh, where do we get our clothes from? Cotton, right? So a certain plant, the cotton tree plant, was sown, grew up. And then we, they took the cotton off and then processed it to become this. So if you see this, if you see where it came from, you will not be, you will not like where it came from, isn't it? Uh, you are seeing the processed um, effect of a natural resource. The natural resource for Christianity is people. Did you hear what I said? The natural resource for what? For Christianity, for people to become nice Christians, is people. Normal, ordinary people. So you can't say you're a Christian and not like people. You can't say you're a Christian and not be involved in what God is involved in. Human beings are the substrate. They are the product from whence Christianity or Christians come from. Please, do you understand? You can kindly take your seat. Let's give a round of applause as you take a seat. So, if you don't, if you don't understand what this whole thing is about, you would, you would exclude yourself. You will be going to heaven. You will say, I'm going to heaven. And when you get to heaven, God will ask you, why are you, what are you doing here? He will ask you, why are you here alone? Because you are not supposed to get to heaven alone. You are supposed to get to heaven with other people. Not just you. Not just you nice Christian, lovely Christian, your face is looking nice, your lipo-lipo is on, your pawns are on, your nice wig, your nice jeans, and you are, you are in church. Very good girl, very good boy. No. He wants you to help others to come into his kingdom like others also helped you to come into his kingdom. Do you know what happened? Probably some of you got born again through your parents or you're born into a Christian home. That is, why, that is the only reason why you're a Christian. If you were not born in a Christian, even that one, you are, you are, if you were not born in a Christian home, you wouldn't have gotten to know the Lord. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. There are others out there who don't have any idea of who Jesus is. They've heard, but they don't know who he is. They don't know that someone actually died for them. Someone gave their life for them. So that they will not die. Wow. Look at this. It says, and to you did he give life? Did Jesus give life when you were dead through your wrongdoing and sins? Next verse. In which you were living in the past. Your sins in which you were living in the past. After the ways of this present world. Doing the pleasure of the Lord of the, Lord of the power of the air. There's, there's someone called the Lord or the God of the power of the air. He's, he's, he's talking about Satan. Okay, he says, you are doing the pleasure of the Lord of the power of the air. The spirit who is now working in those who, are, who go against the purpose of God. So those who go against the purpose of God, those boys who are doing all kinds of things, doing all kinds of things, you know what I'm talking about. All kinds of vices. Now, right now, when people greet people, they say, what is your vice? They ask you, what's your name? Then you mention them. So what is your vice? Like, what are you into? Are you into smoking, drinking, women? What is it? So that we know whether we can click. Are you a homosexual, lesbian? What is, what is your vice? Wow. Are you surprised? Huh. What is your vice? 
What a shock. Those who go against the purpose of God. All kinds of things. He says, you two, you were like that. Next verse. Verse 3. Among whom we all at one time were living in the pleasures of our flesh. Giving way to the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Whatever your flesh tells you to do, you do it. Whatever your mind tells you to do, you do it. And the punishment of God was waiting for us, even us for the rest. So all those who are into that, he says the punishment of God is waiting for them. When they die and leave this earth, leave this earth, that's what is going to happen. Punishment is waiting for them. Look at the next verse. But God, being full of mercy, through the great love which he had for us, have you seen it? Even when we were dead through our sins, gave us life together with Christ. By grace, you have salvation. It's by grace that you have salvation. And God's outstretched arm is for everybody. It's not for some people. It's not for those in the church. God's outstretched arm is actually not for those in the church. It's for those outside the church. So if we say we are church and we are not interested in those outside the church, then there's a problem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a big problem. Look at the next verse. So that we came back from death with him and are seated with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Next verse. That in the time to come he might make clear the full wealth of his grace and his mercy to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Then it says, because by grace you have, sal- you have salvation through faith and that not of yourselves. It is given by God. So God has given salvation to humanity. And we have the responsibility. I'm going to show it to you as we go on. But the basic thing I want you to understand is that Christianity um, is for bad people. Do you get it? The life of God that is given to Christians is for bad people. It's for people outside the church. It's for them to be able to come inside. We are not supposed to be in the church and just enjoy church. Sing nice songs and be happy. We sing the nine songs and are happy. Then we go out there and bring more people in. That is why we are here. That is why we are together. Not because we, we want to marry. You know, you find a beautiful girl in the church and then you marry. And then you have nice children and then you are, you are fine. They are all in Sunday school, you are happy. No, there's something more than that. Yes, there's something more than that. We are together for the purpose of bringing salvation to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I was saying, real Christianity is a demonstration of the life of God. If you are born again, God gives you, when you become born again, God gives you his life. Okay? In 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. Look at 1 Peter 2 9. 1 Peter 2 9. It says, but you are special people. See, I'm a special person. person. Say it like you mean it. Yeah, it says, but you are special people a holy nation, priests and kings. So he makes you a priest and he makes you a king. A priest for what purpose? A priest to bring his salvation to many. To bring knowledge of him to many. Why does God make you succeed as a, as a Christian? God makes you succeed as a Christian so that your life can be an example for bringing many people into, him, into, his, into his kingdom. That is the reason. Listen, God, does not, God is not remiss concerning his purposes. God knows why he's existing. And God knows why he has saved you. Maybe you don't know, but he knows. He's very clear in his mind. He has not saved you so that you prosper some more. He has not saved you so that you buy 75 cars. He has not prospered you so that you build 25 houses in different locations in the world. You don't need Christianity for that. 
You don't need God for that. All you need to do is to be in America. And work hard enough. Even if you have to stow away and go. If that is the reason why we're existing, if it's just because of cars and houses and all of that, then you don't, you don't need God at all. Elon Musk didn't need God to prosper. He didn't need God. He says he's an atheist. Isn't it? It's the truth. And people are saying all kinds of things that he didn't pay tithes, he didn't do anything. Now he's prospering. Oh, yeah. But if only, if life was just about that, if this life was just about prosperity and being the richest billionaire in the world, if life was about that, then Elon Musk would have made it. He has made it. But life is not about that. Life is about finding out the purpose of your creator. Why are you? Everything knows its purpose. Even the tree, the cotton tree knows its purpose. The cotton tree is there to bear cotton fruit. Cotton fruit for us to be able to have clothes. Isn't it? So if you are a human being, I don't know why you are existing. You think you are existing for money. You, when you die, will you take the money? Yeah. So we, you shouldn't use money as a, as a standard of success. Jesus said, how can a man gain the whole world? The whole world and lose his soul. <laughs> Your soul is too important to the Lord. It's not about money. It's more than that. If money could prevent you from dying, Michael Jackson wouldn't have died. Steve Jobs wouldn't have died. All these rich billionaires, uh, 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 Carnegie, all these guys, uh, 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 Rockefeller, I mean, all these guys who have passed on, rich guys, you think you have, had, you have money? People have had money, I tell you. People have had money. I was talking about Solomon the last time. Solomon said, if you can enjoy more than me, then you too are some. You can enjoy more than me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Matthew chapter 16 verse 20 says, For what profit has a man? If he gets all the world with the loss of his life, or what will a man give in exchange for his life? This was a man who what? Jesus said this to a, a, concerning a certain man who, a, a rich man, okay, who was, uh, he, he, his, his fruits, his plants, his farm became bigger than it was. It bore plenty of fruits. And he had storage, storehouses. Okay? And he decided that, ah, the way uh, my farm has produced there, my barns are too small. So he pulled down his barns and then packed more fruits for himself and said to his soul, so, relax, enjoy. You are self-made. You are self-made millionaire. Enjoy life. Be happy. Am I lying or is it in the Bible? It's in the Bible. It's there. Show it to us so that you know that the, the, the pastor is not lying. Yeah. You know, what... He, 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 was, he put everything down and built bigger and said to his soul, so, be happy. Relax. Enjoy. Have a lovely time. Luke chapter 12. Yeah. Let's read King James. Go up. Let's see where it started from. Someone came to Jesus and said, Master, tell my brother to share the property with me. And Jesus said that, listen, who made me a law, master over property? I'm not here to divide property. I'm not here because of properties. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. His brother, his big brother was taking all the inheritance that their father had taken, given to them. And he came to Jesus to say, please speak to, your, speak to my brother for me. Look at the answer Jesus gave to him. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or divide over you? Who made, man, who made me a divide? I'm not interested in properties and all of that. Because the properties, you leave them here. No matter how rich you are, you will leave the properties here. Is it true? So don't waste your time on, on, on necessary things. There are things that are important. And there are things that are not important. There are things that are 
there's, there's an order of priority. Okay? If you don't have money, you can't eat. We are not saying don't go and look for money. Look for money. Work. Do all the things you're supposed to do. But that is not the reason why you're existing. You are not existing because of cash. Because of property. Building a house at Cantonments, one at Laboni, one at Medina, and one at Oyarefa. That is not why you're existing. When you, after building all those houses, you, not even one will be put into your casket. You can't go with it. You have to un- have a proper understanding in life. Okay? And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Next verse, verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. The guy was looking for his own property. And Jesus is saying to him that, Be careful of covetousness. Like, taking more than necessary. BB, let's see what BB will say. And he said to them, take care to, be, to keep yourselves free from desire for property. Hey! Take care to what? To keep yourselves free from the desire for property. For a man's life is not made up of the number of things which he has. Wow. wow. A man's life, this is God talking, a man's life is not made up of the number of things which he has. Next verse. And he said to them in a story, the land of a certain man of great wealth was very fertile. Next verse. And he said to them, in a, and he said to himself, what is to be done? For I have no place in which to put all my fruit. He had so much. Next verse. And he said, this will I do. I will take down my storehouses and make greater ones. And there I will put all my grain and my goods. More wealth. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have a great amount of goods in store. Enough for a number of years. Be at rest. You know, some people's aim in life is that they'll retire at 35. Or retire at 40. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Like, when you retire at 40, you are self-made. <laughs> uh, you are in the Bible, I tell you. The message version. Message version. Okay. Message. Message version. From where? From this verse. Okay. Then he said, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my bands and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods. Next verse. And I'll say to myself, self. (laughs) You've done well. I've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. You are in the Bible, I tell you. Take it easy. And have the time of your life. It's time to chill. Listen, the reason why God gives you wealth is so that you can be a blessing to others. And so that through your wealth, you can bring others to the, to the kingdom of God. To try. That is why God gives us wealth. Look at the next verse. Just then, God showed up and said, Fool. Fool, fool, fool. Tonight, you die. And your barn full of goose, who gets it? Who is going to get it? Some foolish boy will come and inherit it and spoil everything. Next verse. Next verse, please. That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. No God. So all these guys that we see around, hmm, who have decided that money, money, money is a thing. Money is a thing. Let's make money. Damn all these church things. Damn all these God things. Damn all these Jesus things. 
let's make money. <laughs> what shall a man, what shall a profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world, if, if you inherit the whole world and lose your soul, no profit. Work hard, but make sure you don't lose your soul. Do you see? Uh -huh. How do you not lose your soul? You must give your life to Christ. Okay? You have done that. But there are others out there who don't know. They don't know. They don't know. I said real Christianity. So don't just fill your life with looking for money. I don't know if that, that is clear for you. You wake up in the morning, you are working. You, go, you are going to bed, you are working even in your sleep. You, you are just working, 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 trying to make money. More, more cash, more dollars, more CDs, more cash, more of this. You want to buy a bigger car. You have one, but you want to buy a bigger one. So that you can flex and let everybody know that it is you who is coming. <laughs> now me, they come. Do you like what I'm telling you? The Lord is watching you. Because your life is not all about money. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Let's read King James. We are, all, we are all used to King James. Let's just read it and I'll explain, okay? But you are a chosen generation. See, I'm a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. An holy nation. A peculiar people. See, I'm special. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is nice. But we are chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. So you are God's own purchased special person. You are not ordinary. Tell anybody I'm not ordinary. I'm not ordinary. Tell anybody I'm special. I'm special. And, so are you. and so are you. Yeah. You are special. God's own special people. Purchased special people. That He says he purchased you and made you special. For this purpose. So that you may set forth the wonderful deeds. You may set forth the wonderful doings. And display the virtues and perfections of him. Who is him who has called you? Of him who, has call, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who is the one who called you out of darkness into marvelous light? God. I've showed you so many things. God, for God so... Uh, um, but God commanded his love towards us. In that world where sinners tries die. Isn't it? It is God who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says, he gave birth to you, he brought you into his kingdom so that you would do this one thing. To show forth his deeds, his doings. Now, what is the doings of God? What is the doing, what is God interested in? He says that he gave birth to you, he brought you in so that you will do what he does. You'll be the one to display him. So real Christianity is a display of God. He's telling you, he says, so that you may set forth or display, set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues or excellence and perfections of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What is God primarily interested in? People. Souls. Not cars. Not houses. What do you think about what I'm saying? Have you seen why you are born again? Yeah. You are born again so that you display the doings of God. Look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let's read from verse 3. 
First Timothy 2 from verse 3. I want to show you the primary doing of God or the primary concern of God. What is God primarily concerned with? Okay? It says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Next verse. Who will, he will to have all men to be saved. He will have all men to be saved. This is his desire. God wills that all men be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. This is God's will. This is the first thing God is interested in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should have cars. Should have houses. Should have three billion dollars. Should... Help me with some more. She'll have a, she'll buy a jet. She'll, to marry. She'll have five children. Three boys and two girls. <laughs> twins, two twins, two sets of twins. Hallelujah. Because that's how a lot of Christians read that scripture now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should have houses. Should have cars. You see, Jesus brought prosperity, but that is not the primary reason why he came. Jesus said something. You know, there was a day that uh, Jesus was going to go to Jerusalem. You know, he was on his way to go and die in Jerusalem. And he wanted to go through Samaria. Okay? So he sent, it was getting to the evening. So he sent two of his disciples to go and find a place for them to sleep. So he wanted them to find guest houses in Samaria. They went and searched and searched and searched. They could not find. They found some, but then the people asked, would Jesus stay in the town and do a crusade? Then they said, no, Jesus is just passing through. When they heard that Jesus was just passing through, they said, no. Because if they do, if Jesus does a crusade, they'll get business. Do you get it? Yeah. They'll get business. Yes. But Jesus, they, they said that Jesus was not going to stay. So when they heard that Jesus was not going to stay, they got offended and said, no, if he's not going to stay, they will not give him a place to sleep. Then they came back to Jesus and came to tell him that. This is what these guys are saying. They say that we should not, we are not going to get a place to sleep here. Then another two of his disciples, James and John, who were brothers. They were called sons of Zebedee. They were the sons of Zebedee. Okay? They were called sons of Thunder. Bonegas, or Bonegas, like someone calls himself. Sons of Thunder. Okay? And they said that, Master, do you want us to call down fire? To burn everybody in Samaria and all of Samaria like Elijah did. You know, Elijah called down fire to burn human beings and kill them. You know that story. So they said, Master, do you want us to also call down fire to kill everybody in Samaria? And Jesus said, Hey, you people, you are not serious. <laughs> Look at it. Luke chapter 9, verse 54. And when his disciples James and John saw this, so what? Saw that? Okay, go up so that you know that what I'm saying is in the Bible. Go to verse 52. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Have you seen it? They did not receive him because he was going to Jerusalem. Next verse. And when the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we, call, we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias or Elijah did? What do you think, Lord. And the Lord said, look at the Lord's answer. This is Jesus. This is, Jesus is God, right? But he turned and rebuked them. He got angry at them. You people are not serious. What do you mean? 
and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. You don't know what manner of spirit you are, you are, you are, you are functioning with. You don't know. This is a different spirit. This is not Elijah. Let's read other, other versions of this, of this verse. And he turned and rebuked and severely censored them. And he said, you do not know of what sort of spirit you are. This is a different spirit. The Holy Spirit is not into destroying people's lives. God is not into destroying people's lives. Can you imagine? Meaning that the spirit Elijah functioned with at that time was not from God. That period, what he did was not something God was happy about. You think God was happy when Elisha called out bears and lions to come and chew their, their children? No, he was not happy. But they had authority, so they could do some things. Yeah, the fact that you have authority does not mean God is happy about every action of yours. God showed, told Moses that be, you, be, I told you to talk to the rock. Why did you hit the rock? Waters took him. They got the result. He got the result, but God was not happy. The fact that God results does not mean that God is happy. When you meet him, he will tell you, he will tell you his peace of mind. So this lets us know that what Elijah did. He says, you don't know what manner of spirit you are functioning with. Verse 56, he says, For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives. The Son of Man, Jesus is not interested in the destruction of people's lives. But to save them. And they went to another village. There's another version that uh, I think Mark says. He says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. He's come to seek, to look for, and to save the lost. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Oh, it's like you are not confident about the fact that you are a child of God. Are you a child of God? Yeah. Slap your neighbor and ask, are you a child of God? Yeah. <laughs> your neighbor begs, he begs. <laughs> what? Luke 19.10. Look at Luke 19 chapter, verse 10. It says, this is Matthew 18, 11. It still works. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. This is why Jesus said he came to save that which was lost. Wow. To seek and to save that which was lost. So if you are born again, and you are, you should be interested in this all-important work of God, which is to seek and to save the lost, which is to bring people into his house, to make sure his house is full. This is why we are born again. This is why we are saved. Christianity is a display of the deeds of God. I've showed you that God wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's two things. He wants everybody to be saved. It starts with salvation. After salvation, he wants you to be raised, to come to the full knowledge of God. That's in First Timothy chapter 2, verse um, 4, what we're reading. God will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So he wants you to be born again. Apart from that, he wants you to stay in church. Do you see? That's the second thing. He wants you to stay in church and to grow in the knowledge. The word knowledge is epignosis. Have the full experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are born again to know Jesus. That's why we are born again. To have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Because there are some people who are born again who don't know. They don't have a clue of who Jesus is. They, they've heard concerning Jesus, but they don't know who he is really. But they are born again. So he wants you to stay in the house of God so that 
you will learn some more. So that you will get to know who Jesus is. So that you have revelations concerning Jesus Christ for yourself. Do you see what I'm talking about? Look at the next verse. Verse 5. For there is one God. Why does he want everybody to be saved? Because there is one God. Only one, not two, not three, not five. If you go to India, they have about 10,000 gods. There's one God. Okay? For there's one God and one mediator between God and men. Only one mediator. Only one way. Only one path. Only one means. Not five. Not seven. Not thousand. Only one who. Tell me about only one who. There's God and there's one road to God. One God, one road. One God, one road. Not one God, 75 roads. One God, one road. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men. Who is that mediator? The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. Not Mohammed. Not Buddha. Not who? Kofa, not <laughs> Certainly not. Not who? Confucius. You said mistake. Hmm? Not Shintology or Scientology or uh, Hinduism. None of those things. There's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who gave himself a ransom for all? He gave himself a ransom, a sacrifice for everybody. Not for some people. Not for those who are in the church. For all. Say for all. He gave himself a ransom for all to be testified of, to be spoken of in due time. Let's read the uh, BB. I saw the BB. Let's read it. Who gave himself as an offering for all, witness of which was to be given at the right time? Okay? He says, this particular thing that Jesus has done must be spoken of. It must be witnessed of at the right time. Everybody needs to hear about this particular thing that Jesus has done, that God has done for them at the right time. Everybody used to hear. Keep your finger here. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. He says, we then working together with God make a request to you not to take the grace of God to no purpose. Paul's preaching to these people. He says, don't receive the grace of God for no purpose. Next verse. For he says, I have given an ear to you at a good time. And I have been your helper in the day of salvation. See, now is the good time. Now is the day of salvation. Have you seen it? He says, this is the time for salvation, not tomorrow. So, someone needs to hear about Jesus Christ today. Someone needs to be stabilized in the kingdom of God today. Someone needs to come in today. Wow. Wow. And guess what? Who are the ones God works with to achieve his purpose you and i are you a christian are you born again slap your neighbor and ask are you born again what do your neighbor say you are born again oh tell your neighbor oh 
God works with us to accomplish what? Salvation. God is not going to come down to bring someone to Christ. We are the ones that he has left here on earth to do that work. That's why I asked you, I've asked you so many times, are you born again? Are you born again? Because if you are born again, then you should be interested in this. Not, are you a leader? It's not for leaders. There's no place where it said, for leaders only. There's no place in the Bible where it's written, for, don't turn these pages, for, don't turn this page, for leaders only. If you try to turn the page, then, if you try to turn the page, you're not a leader. And a hand, a hand comes out to come and slap you. Is there anything like that? There's nothing like that. Every portion of the Bible, it's for every child of God. So long as you are born again, what I'm seeing is for you. It's with you in mind. Okay? All of us. If you are born again, he has sent you. He has appointed you for this work. We have an appointment from the Lord. We have a special appointment from the Lord. He has chosen us for this purpose. Look at John chapter 15, verse 16. John 15, 16. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And when we say the disciples of the Lord, we are talking about everybody. Don't think about the 12 apostles. He's not talking about the 12 apostles or to the 12 apostles. He's talking to everyone who is born again. Okay? Now, if you say that this is in, in reference to the 12 apostles, then you should not take all the things Jesus said during these portions of the Bible. Because he spoke to the apostles concerning the Holy Spirit. You should never receive anything concerning the because it is not to you, it is to the apostles. If you say some of these things are for the apostles, then you should, you should not receive any other thing. From John chapter 13, all the way to John chapter 17, none of them is for you. Because there are some Christians who say, oh, these things are not for us. It's for the 12 apostles. And they have died and gone. So they have finished their job. We are just enjoying our life. If someone did not preach to you, you wouldn't have been born again. If someone had not come to you, you would not have been here. And if someone had not spent time on you to stabilize you in the house of God, you would not be here today. Am I lying? Most of you were brought to check by somebody. And even today, someone took your hand and brought you to the house of God. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you have not chosen me. This is Jesus talking. He says, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. I have appointed you. So I'm talking about I'm anointed, appointed, anointed for what? For action. We are anointed and appointed by God for a certain action. What action is that? So winning to bring people into the house of God and keep them in the house of God for them to grow. Every child of God. Is when we talk about prospects, everybody's happy. Yeah. When we talk about uh, uh, going forward and advancing in life, everybody's happy. But when we talk about soul winning, a lot of people are not happy. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're advancing in prosperity and all of that has nothing to do with your, your eternal life. And your eternal, your eternal rewards. It has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. It's just for this earth. Jesus came for that. John chapter 10 verse 10. I am come that you may have life and have it to the full. He wants you to have life to the full. It's true. It's part of the gospel. That is the gospel. The gospel, there's, no, there's nothing like uh, prosperity gospel. You can't preach the gospel without talking about prosperity. It's not possible because God sent Jesus Christ to come and die for our sin. So that we can live in health and live in prosperity. Do you understand? Yeah, that's why Jesus came to die. He came so that our sin can be taken away and give us eternal life for the purpose of helping us have a beautiful life here on earth. For us to be attractive to others. To bring others in. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
So we can't take that out of the gospel. That's why we talk about it. But that is not the primary reason. We talk about it so that you can prosper and be a, an attractive um, announcement of Jesus Christ. Say it again. Be a blessing to, and be a blessing to others. Okay? What do you think of what I'm saying? But the core thing, the main thing is salvation. The main thing is building up people in the house of God. That's the main thing. The main thing is for you to be blessed, to grow, and be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't, don't get it twisted at all. Always remember why we are together. We are together because of souls. We are together to change people's lives. We are together to stabilize people in the house of God. We are together to, to be a blessing. The reason why we give is so that we can do more. We can share Jesus with many more. We can be more powerful to help many more people. Not so that we can sit in the church and cross our legs and be happy. Just keep going and coming. Keep going and coming. You come only with your Bible. No, you should come with people. Whenever you come, you come with people. Who are you stabilizing? How can you be a Christian and the whole year you've not stabilized even one person in the house of God? I'm not talking about a leader. I'm talking about a Christian. You're a child of God. At least one person in the course of the year must be in the house of God because of you. Because of your presence. For instance, there are so many Christians in this world. There are so many Christians in this world. We have probably more than 2 billion Christians in the world. If every Christian had a target of stabilizing one person next, this year, we have another 2 billion born again and committed in the house of God. Isn't it true? By the next year, if that 4 billion are now doing an 1111 each, we'll go to 8 billion. We'd have covered the world and even waited for the children who are here to come. Yeah. But stubbornness. There are too many, there are too many stubborn Christians. Too, too many stubborn Christians. Too many stubborn Christians. Who are just enjoying life. Forgetting that there's, there's a, there's a war. We are waging a war, spiritually speaking. It's a serious war happening. Live. Okay. Now, go to, which one do you want? We are reading John 15, 16, right? So let's read it. John 15, 16. You have not chosen me. Say you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. Then it says, and I have ordained you. I have set you in course. I have anointed you for this purpose. That you should go and bring forth fruit. That you should go and bring forth fruit. A mango tree brings forth mango fruits. Isn't it? You're a mango tree. You must of necessity bring forth mango fruits. You're a child of God. You must of necessity bring forth more children of God. Sheep gives birth to sheep. If we are the flock of his pasture, if we are the sheep of his pasture, we must give birth to more sheep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And that your fruit should remain. In other words, he wants your fruit to be around till the time he comes or till the time they die. Don't just bring them into the house of God, but make sure they stay throughout their lives. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So some people are wondering why when they pray, they don't get answers. It's because they, don't, they are not doing their core. Their core reason for existence. This is the core reason for your existence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Matthew 28, verse 20. Look at Matthew 28 from verse 20. See, I'm born again. again. And I've been appointed appointed by God to bring salvation salvation to many. many. That's why I'm existing. 
You see, don't let anyone or anything take your mind out of this part. Take your mind off this particular thing. That is the truth. Go ye therefore. Let, let's go up. Go to 18. 18 rather. 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. This one to you see he was talking to his disciples. He was not talking to all his disciples. If you believe, if you believe uh, 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 which one do you believe? If you, if you believe John 10, 10. Eh? That he brought abundance of life to you. Then you must believe Matthew 28, 18. It's also in, with you in reference. Everybody. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. All nations. He says, teach everybody. Go ye. Bring others in. You, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Meaning that he doesn't leave you alone to do this work. This is his primary job. This is why God is existing. God came on earth so that people can be born again. And he has assigned you as his extension, as his partner in getting this accomplished. And he is not leaving you to do it on your own. He is there to help you to get it done. Do you know why the Holy Spirit was sent on earth? Do you know why the Holy Spirit was given to us? The Holy Spirit was not given to us for tongue speaking. I'm seeing a lot of big things today, isn't it? The Holy Spirit was not given to us for tongue speaking. That's not the primary reason why the Holy Spirit was given to us. The Holy Spirit imparts tongue speaking to you when he comes into your life. It's an impartation of the Spirit. To give you a language by which you can communicate. But that is not the reason why he gave, he came. The Holy Spirit is not in your life to help you speak in tongues and then you shake. And then I shake. That's not the reason why he came. If you read in John chapter 15 verse 26, look at John 15 26. Let me show you these things. But when the comforter is come, who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit. Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father. He says, he shall testify of me. This is Jesus talking. He says, the Holy Spirit will come and talk about me. The word testify is to witness. The Holy Spirit will come and come and witness concerning me. He will come and tell people concerning me. Look at John chapter 16. Go to chapter 16 now. Let's read from verse 7. 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or it is more advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. He says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. For what purpose? Next verse. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. So the Holy Spirit comes into your life for the purpose of helping you reprove the world of sin. That's his primary job. He will prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Why are people going to hell? People are not going to hell because they did something or they went to do abortion or did whatever. No, that's not why people go to hell. People go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not do some things. Yeah. The cure to humanity's foolishness is Jesus Christ. It's receiving the person of Jesus. The Bible says he walked this earth. He was tempted in all points. 
but was not did not sin not even once now when that jesus is living inside you he will help you not sin he will help you not move along a certain line i sing it of sin because they believe not on me john chapter 3 verse verse 16 john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life for god verse 17 for god did not send a son into the world to condemn the world verse 17 please for god sent not a son into the world to condemn the world or to judge the world jesus has not come to come and judge them concerning what they are doing hey you are you are this oh you are homosexual hey you are a lesbian hey you are that's not why jesus came let's read the amplified of this jesus does not come to come and condemn them and say you are this because you are this you are finished for god will not send the son into the world in order to judge to reject to condemn to pass sentence on the world he is not here to judge them or to give a sentence that you people are dead you are you are finished but he came but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him that is why he came he came so that they may be they may be found they may find salvation and be made safe and sound through him amazing isn't it next verse verse 18 he that believeth on him is not condemned let's be be we understand the word condemn some more the man who has faith in him does not come up to be judged have you seen it but he who has no faith in him has been judged even now why because he has no faith in the name of the only son of god the king james says he has not believed in this in the name of the only son of god the reason why they are judged the reason why they will go to hell is because they don't believe in jesus christ not because of their vices but because they don't believe in jesus christ he that believeth on him is, con- is, is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god that's why they go to hell because they don't believe of sin he judges them of sin because they don't believe in jesus christ meaning that if you have believed you are not judged anymore that's why it says there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in christ jesus if you are born again there's no condemnation for you hallelujah Hallelujah. Hmm. so the holy spirit is sent by god to help us because he is the first testifier he is the first witness and he's the anointing of god the day you got born again he came into your life he's a seal of god for your life he's the pledge of god for your life do you see he's in your life to help you become a witness you receive him into your life to help you become a witness so jesus said when the comforter comes he shall testify of me go back to that place john 15 verse 26 but when the comforter is come whom i will send unto you from the father even the spirit of truth which proceeded from the father he shall testify or he shall witness of me so the holy spirit is the number one witness that's his job he's the number one what look at the next verse and ye also shall bear witness ye also shall what bear witness so as the holy spirit is bearing witness he says ye also shall bear witness how where is the holy spirit the holy spirit is inside you so he will help you bear witness of jesus christ he will help you testify concerning jesus christ he will help you talk to people concerning jesus christ there's nothing like oh i just got born again so i don't know what to say 
Listen, as soon as you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. For what purpose? To tell others concerning your experience with the Lord. Concerning the fact that you have now given your life to Christ. Immediately you get born again. This thing is so important to God that it's like God is even selfish with it. He allows babies in the kingdom of God to preach. Do you get it? Babies who can't talk. Because when you, born, when you get born again, you are born again as a babe in the kingdom of God. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Everybody who is born again is born again as a baby. But as soon as you are born as a baby, God gives you a, a responsibility as a baby. What responsibility is that? Preach the gospel. You want me to show you? Do you want me to show you where it is? So there's nothing like, oh, I just got born again. There's nothing like that. He says, he has an expectation of you. He has anointed you and empowered you to do this particular work because it is all, it is so important to him. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, and 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. This is a new birth. When you become born again, he says you become a new creature. All things are passed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All your foolish things are passed away. All your foolish life is passed away. Your past is gone. There's no past anymore. When you become born again, you are new. You are a new species. You, you, didn't, you don't have a past. Can you imagine? So don't remember your past because you don't have any. As far as God is concerned, you don't have any. There's no past to remember. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold. Say behold. Behold, behold is a prophetic term. Is that you know, see with the eye of the spirit. Start seeing the way God sees. Don't see like you see. Start seeing as God sees. How does God see you? He sees you as his righteousness. He sees you as his child. He sees you as perfect, as wonderful. Start seeing yourself like that. As you start seeing yourself like that, that will be your experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed. Behold, all things are becoming new. Look at, look at the next verse. And all these new things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ? Let's read Amplified. We don't understand reconciled. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, and brought us into harmony with himself. Have you seen it? It says, in Christ Jesus, he received us into favor and brought us into harmony with himself. And as soon as he received us, as soon as he receives you and brings you into favor with himself, he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word, Indeed, we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Immediately you get born, get born again, he gives you this assignment. Why does he give you that assignment? Because the Holy Spirit is inside you. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes. For what purpose? To empower you for life, for living. To empower you to do what God has designed for you to do. So you are not on your own. The Holy Ghost inside you will push you. He will show you what to say. When you meet that person, he will show you what to say to the person. He's there to inspire you. He's the primary testifier. Let me show you a certain verse concerning that. Acts, Acts chapter 5. Let's read from verse 29. Acts chapter 5 from verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. 
Because we're being told not to preach about preach in Jesus' name anymore. Or preach about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Next verse. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. You killed and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. This is why Jesus rose from the dead. Next verse. Then it says, and we are his witnesses of these things. We are his witnesses of these things. We are the ones whom God has sent to witness concerning these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost. Have you seen it? And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. Do you obey him? He says he has given you the Holy Spirit. What's his job in your life? To empower you to witness. And he is that power to help you witness. So he has partnered with you. He has anointed you. Eh? The Holy Spirit is the anointing of God's spirit. He's the anointing of God. He has anointed, he has appointed you and anointed you, giving you ability from God to act. What action? To witness. Not someone else. He's talking about you. Every child of God is anointed and appointed by God to do this particular action. And he gives it to us early in our lives. Immediately we get born again. He gives us that assignment. He doesn't wait for a day. He doesn't wait for you to start walking in the Lord. He doesn't wait for you to start talking in the Lord. He doesn't wait for you to start become... No, he gives it to you immediately. It's an assignment he gives to you at our new birth. Every, you see, the, the best people to witness are people who are born again fresh. Uh, what happened to you when you got born again fresh? I don't know what happened to you. But for most of us, we were on fire for the Lord. And we're moving around talking to people about one of my friends, one of my cousins got born again. And he led everybody in his house to, to Christ. His father, his mother, everybody. Yeah, he got born again through a tract. He saw a tract on the floor and picked it and read it. And he gave his life to Christ. And when he, get, when he said, when he finished saying the prayer, he, he realized he was a different person. Something just, he just changed. And he went around telling others about Jesus Christ. Someone has died for you. You don't need to go to hell. Why should someone go to Nobody should go to hell. There's no reason. Jesus said, hell was not made for men, for human beings. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. Not for human beings. No human being is supposed to be there. Not even one single person is supposed to be there. But they are going because we, who have the witness in us, have decided to be quiet. Slap your neighbor and say, don't be quiet. Yeah. Don't be quiet. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I will not be quiet. Because I know that I'm anointed and appointed by God for action. I go out there and I do what God has called me to do. What do you think? Yeah. Now you know it is not a risk. He says, open up your mouth wide and I'll fill it. If you are ready to talk, he will talk from within. Remember, it is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who testifies. If only you open your mouth, all you need to do is open your mouth. He needs your mouth to talk. He needs your mouth to talk. When you open your mouth, he'll fill it. And he'll start talking through you. You'll be surprised that you don't, you, don't, you don't even remember what you said, but the person says, I want to give my life to Christ. That's what happens most of the time. You don't, we don't know what we say to them. You don't know what you say. But by the time you, you, are, you are done talking, he says, I want to give my life to Christ. Sometimes even before you, you finish, you say, I want to give my life to Christ. Wow. Because you know the Holy Spirit is there with you, when you invite them to church and tell them, I want us to go to church, they will follow you. 
They will follow you. Why? Because you are anointed for that purpose. Let me show you a scripture. Before I show it to you, go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Let's read from verse... What I want to say is in verse 8. But I want to show you everything. Okay? So let's read from verse 1. Hallelujah. This is after Jesus had, had risen from the dead. He's talking to all his disciples. There were about 120 of them. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Next verse. I'm closing, okay? Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The reason why the apostles obeyed Jesus was because he gave commandments through the Holy Ghost. So when you're also talking, be conscious of the fact that you are speaking through the Holy Ghost. Remember, you have the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. What, is, what is he there for? To be a witness, right? Okay, so he's going to witness through you. And as you are talking, be con- all you need to do is, is be conscious of the fact that he's talking through me. And he's talking to the person from within. The Holy Spirit invades everybody's life. He says he will convict them of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So that's his job. As you are talking from without, he's helping you talk. And then he also goes into the person to help the person receive what you are saying. So how can, how can you not produce results? You can only produce results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them, them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. He told them, don't move from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. What was the promise of the Father? He's going to tell you for John truly baptized with, the, with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So the promise of the Father was what? Was the Holy Spirit. This is the only promise. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. There are about 7,000 promises in the Bible. But all of them are summed up in one promise. The Holy Ghost. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have all the promises of God fulfilled in your life. It's, it's amazing. And you do have the Holy Spirit. Look at the next verse, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Don't ask yourselves concerning whether Jesus is coming today or coming tomorrow or is coming in five years or 20 years or 30 years. Makes no difference. Whether he's coming today or not, makes no difference. Your job your responsibility is to busy yourself with this particular thing that I'm going to say. So apostles were asking him, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? When are you going to, when are you coming back again to, you know, we want action. When are you coming? Jesus said, it is not in your, it's, it's not in your interest. Eh? He said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. These things are with God. There's no need to worry yourself about those things. But you, next verse. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and, in, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Have you seen it? Yeah. He says, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall become a witness. Did he say you shall receive the Holy Ghost and you shall become, you shall speak in tongues? No. Will you receive the Holy Spirit and you shall prosper and have 10,000 houses? No, that's not why he came. 
he came to empower you to witness to be a witness this is the primary this is the reason this is the scriptural reason for the holy spirit being in our life this is the scriptural reason every other reason is scriptural as well but they are all externals this is the core reason why he's in your life this is the core reason why he has anointed you how god anointed jesus christ of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good he has anointed you to go and do good the best good the highest good you can do to somebody is to bring the person into christ hallelujah, hallelujah. praise the lord hallelujah. have you learned anything since i started talking yes. have i inspired you in any way yes. it's a wake-up call be smart sometimes i wish i could open people's hearts and put it inside put this particular thing inside because this is the single most important thing nothing else is important nothing else your school is not important. Your job is not important. If you'd fall dead today, they'll find a replacement for you. Your, your girlfriend is not important. Your boyfriend is not important. Even wife is not important. Why do you think girlfriend is important? Yeah. Even wife that you are committed to is not important. Husband is not important. If you are married and your marriage has stopped you from doing anything from the Lord, you should know there's something wrong. Your marriage has prevented you from going to church, from being in the house of God, and doing anything from the, for the Lord. You are, you are better off not being married. You know what Paul said? Paul said it is better to not marry than to marry and be blocked from doing the things of the Lord. What I'm saying is in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He says the time is short. That's what Paul said. The time, the time for the coming of the Lord is so short. Don't let marriage become a problem for you. How I wish I could open your head to see how important it is. I wish. Yeah. How I wish you would know. I pray you get to know. But no matter how many people are in church, it's still not enough. If there's one person walking on the street who is not born again, we have still not accomplished our work. We have to do something. Yeah. This is why God is in your life. This is why you are this is why you are alive. This is why you are alive. This is why you are alive. There's a due time for everybody. Everybody needs to hear. Everybody needs to hear. And everybody needs to be grounded in the house of God. Everybody. All those there are some Christians, they are born again, but they don't they are not in church at all. At all. They even fight the church. They talk against the church. They say all kinds of things against the church because they don't have understanding. Because they, they had a problem at one point in time or the other. They are busy with work. Busy with work. And God is nothing. Busy with work. Busy. 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 Driving Uber. Doing surgery. Yeah. Doing surgery from morning to evening. Hmm? IT whatever, specialist. So you are, you are always behind the computer from morning to evening. When they are so perishing. Be behind your computer. But find time. Find time to do what will bring you the most profit. The most profit. The most profit. Maybe you don't know that heaven exists. Heaven does exist. And one day you'll be there. 
and the Lord will ask you, how did you come? How did you come? Who did you come with? Who did you aid? Who did you aid? Who did you establish? Who did you bring to the Lord? Where are your fruits? Did your fruits remain? Because I sent you to produce fruits. Where are your fruits? That's, that is all that matters. That is all that matters. That is all that matters. What is your life? If it is not to bring people to the Lord. What is your marriage for? If it doesn't bring anybody to the Lord. What are your children for? If they are not raised to learn how to bring people to the world. People have given birth to their own madras. Yeah. Haven't you had a child grow up and then shoot the mother, shoot the father, shoot the brother, shoot the sister, and shoot himself? Or not shoot himself? Haven't you had? Yeah. There was one Ghanaian family in Italy. I was looking, they were looking for children, they were praying for it. Going to all kinds of places for it. They had a son from whatever. They had a daughter after that. When the son turned 14, he took a gun and shot the mom, shot the dad, and shot the sister. They didn't know that when they were looking for the child 14 years ago, that was going to be their murderer. They had no idea, they had no clue. What are children for if children are not raised in the Lord? To do the work that God has assigned to every human being. Everyone who is born. What is, what is their use? For them to become doctors? You become a doctor and not even mind you. Yeah. I know parents who are craving for the attention of their children. Yeah. They can't give it to them because they are too busy with work. Trying to make money. Brothers and sisters. What shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world. And this is so. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.